0: Welcome to this episode of Curating Crypto, where we focus on covering the art and culture scene surrounding the crypto space. And now, here's your host, Javo Villalobos.
1: Hello everyone, this is Havo, your host of Curating Crypto. Today we have an artist out of Chicago with a background in finance, where she saw firsthand what was wrong with the current financial system and how it is designed to help the wealthiest while restricting the freedom of the average people. She started crypto in 2017, where she designed work for all types of crypto companies and funds, and has just left her job at Blocksprout to focus full-time in the crypto art scene to make art to promote awareness and adoption, and share the values of crypto with everyone. Without further ado, let's welcome Josie Bellini to the show. Hi Josie, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks Havo, glad to be here.
1: I'm very excited to finally have you here. I know that we've been planning this for quite some time now, but I also understand you're always hustling and getting really cool stuff out there, so... Thank you for carving out the time and getting this recorded.
0: No, I'm so happy to be here. Like you said, we met, I think a year ago and have been talking about it since. So it's it's about time.
1: Excellent. So let's get started with your background. Please tell us how you got to where you are right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been working basically as long as I can remember. By the time I was 13, I was already working full-time jobs, nights and weekends. Uh, I grew up in a rough part of Chicago so that was sort of a norm to be able to support yourself at that age and I also had a younger sister that I took care of um, so I was working for the both of us but I was the first in my family to graduate high school and that was a big milestone for me and really important for me to do and until my senior year of high school I never really thought about college it just wasn't something that anyone in my community and the people I grew up around talked about or, and it wasn't something that anyone did. So I never really thought about it. And then I'd say my whole life changed my senior year. Probably the luckiest thing that's ever happened to me is moving in with a family, my senior year of high school. And they truly taught me to dream bigger than just getting out of my current situation. They pushed me to go to school and just continue my education And three weeks before college started, I decided I was going to do that. Um, So admissions were already closed, but I was super, I guess, the second luckiest thing that happened to me is that my college um, did accept my application and I began to put myself through school. And even through school, I was working jobs nonstop since I was, you know, just trying to get through everything. And I knew in school, In general, I'd always been passionate about art and did that growing up, but for school, I knew I had to pick a career that could give me a high paying salary so really I could take care of myself and my younger sister, which at that point I was her legal guardian. Uh, So I decided to go into finance and I definitely don't regret that. It was such a different new thing that I wasn't used to, but I knew that I could hustle through it and get a career in that sector, and I did. But it was interesting, my, that past led me to crypto. And if I had taken a different journey, I don't know if it would have. In 2015, my junior year of school, one of our finance teachers said, hey, go to this, this talk with a guest speaker and write a one-page summary on what he talked about um, for extra credit. And the speaker was talking about Bitcoin and it was my first introduction to it. Um, and the, the speaker actually said, it was funny, he said, raise your hand if you own Bitcoin. And there were two students that raised their hand and they were both international exchange students um, and they were both from China. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, hmm, I'm missing out on something. Uh, so I went to the library, try to figure it out, figure out how to buy Bitcoin after I wrote my one page summary. It was too difficult, didn't do it. And that was kind of just my first introduction to it. Uh, and then, obviously, a couple of years later, it got I got a little bit more serious about it, but that was kind of my past and how, how I got there.
1: Super, super interesting. You've unpacked quite a bit in a couple of minutes there. One thing to note here is that you were very receptive at two very specific points in your life. The first one with that family that pushes you to go to college, and in a very short amount of time, you make a life-changing decision and kind of against the clock. The second one on that lecture, you could have just stuck to the program, go to the lecture, write your paper, but you were in the process of mind to understand that something different was happening. And I guess here we are.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I wish I remember who the speaker speaker was because I don't exactly remember what, you know, even what he was doing in the space, but the way he was talking about it um, truly piqued my interest. And even one of my friends that was sitting next to me, we were like geeking out on it. We were like, Whoa, what is this? And I think Bitcoin was maybe like 300 bucks at the time. Um, and we were just like, okay, we can afford like one Bitcoin, like, let's try to buy this. But it was truly like the way he was speaking about it. Um, I should go back and try to find my, my extra credit one page that I wrote. Um, but yeah, the way he was speaking about it really piqued my interest. And, um, And actually, that was when I heard about it the second time. So basically, I went, I started working Uh, two years later, I was working in private wealth management um, for a large firm, and I began to learn about Ethereum. And at that point, since I had already learned about Bitcoin two years before, um, I thought, hmm, and Bitcoin, obviously, the price was higher by then. Um, I thought, hmm, Ethereum might be my way into this. Uh, So that's how... I started basically just with a small investment in Ethereum um, because I thought it had potential uh, like a, a higher possible upside than Bitcoin, uh, because it was programmable. It seemed like it had unlimited use cases where Bitcoin seemed more of like money um, to me. So that's that's where I started um, in crypto was just an investment. And after I started earning in Ethereum, I started transferring into BTC. Um, and I really just began learning more about the space and the ethos behind it, which really, really resonated with me. Um, and as a kid where I grew up, and I'm sure a lot of other places, they don't teach you about investments. Um, they don't teach you about uh, being financially prepared and, and, and educated. Um, so once I really started managing portfolios for these high net worth people, I realized how important it was to earn while you sleep. Um, so that was, that was kind of my introduction to crypto and, and how I started getting really passionate about it.
1: Very cool. So we have a set of questions that came across from either Twitter or Discord. What we'll do is we'll try to cover these through the natural conversation, but if not, I'll keep tabs of the ones that remain unanswered. And towards the end of the conversation, Josie and I will go through these and Josie will try to answer as many as we can. The first question that came across kind of falls in nicely with where we are in the conversation. Talk us about how you started to make art. What was your first piece? Who or what inspired or influenced you to make art?
0: Awesome, I'll start a little backwards there. I guess um, artists that really influenced my style i i love street art and i guess what's considered like urban contemporary art so um shepherd fairy has always been an amazing inspiration and even more of the way that he's able to pack all these different meanings and passions into his work is what resonates with me so much and what i try to do similar to how he does that um sandra chevrier is also one of my favorites Uh, not a lot of people are familiar with her, but she's a Canadian artist and her work is just stunning. Like I, yeah, I strive to paint as well as she does. Um, and the emotion that she can like paint within a person's eyes is just like unbelievable. Um, so she definitely inspires me. Also, um, Martin Watson, who is a street artist, um, super fond of the work he does. Um, and then also, I'd say I'm very inspired by some local artists here in Chicago. Um, there have been some up-and-coming artists at uh, galleries that I go to here that um, their work just speaks to me. They There's one girl, Kayla Mahaffey, I think is how you say her last name. Um, she actually also grew up on the south side of Chicago, and she paints portraits of Black children um, in these, like, really amazing settings where it's almost like they look like they're in a video game or a cartoon, but the meaning behind the actual cartoons is so deep and so important and connects so much to, you know, where I grew up and the history there and, and really just like trying to fight the violence and protect the kids there, um, just means so much to me. So I'd say I get inspired by all sorts of things, um, from art to news to markets, Um, really, really all of that stuff. And then um, my first piece of art um, transitioning to the first part of their question uh, was called Genesis. So that I made in 2017. And I made it to just kind of have something tangible that describes, you know, my journey that I had taken so far with investing. Uh, So it's an artwork with a woman that has a bear and bull mask on. So the face is a bear, but then it has bull horns coming out of it. Um, And she's looking up and it's kind of, in my opinion, like a beautiful, but a sad piece at the same time. Um, It was towards the height in 2017 of the market. Um, But working in finance, I knew I kind of figured that things were in a bubble and I figured there would be a downturn. Um, But in the background, there's like 150 or maybe 200 tiny little logos painted in all of these different coins, um, that I took from the top market cap on coinmarketcap.com. Um, so that was my first, my first piece. It was just a personal piece, but I posted it on Reddit and, um, it like went viral. It was doing really well. And I was super surprised. Um, but people were asking, you know, how can I get a print of this? How can I, you know, get this? And people were offering to buy the original, <clears throat> which I didn't want to sell. Um, but it really gave me the confidence and boost of like, wow, people really like this. They want crypto art. They want something that can describe what's going on right now and like have this as a timestamp. So that's how I started. And then I just continued doing that. Um, I was also doing design work for a lot of different crypto companies. Um, And just actually this week, Um, I left my amazing, amazing team at Blocks Route, um, but to focus full-time on just my art myself. So that's, that's where it started.
1: Okay. And are you self-taught or did you go through an art program?
0: Um, nope, self-taught. Um, like I said, I studied finance. Um, so everything I do, which my process is, uh, you know, it takes a long time. I, at most everything I do starts with a painting, um, which I taught myself to paint. Um, and then after the painting, it goes into Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator, and then I animate everything for the augmented reality. Um, and then I mint the NFTs myself. So, so everything, you know, if I want to figure it out, I I teach myself how. Um, thanks to YouTube, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. And not trying to go on a tangent here, but you mentioned earlier some local artists, which reminded me of a conversation you and I had about. You helping uh, some of the artists go into the digital uh, digital side of, of art, uh, not only from an AR perspective, but also into NFTs. Are you still doing this? What can you tell us about this?
0: Actually, yes, um, especially more recently, since I have left my rollout blocks route, I've been able to have more time to do these sorts of things. And it's super important to me to. Um, educate you know my peers in this space that are doing such amazing work on what the possibility is with NFTs Um, because initially a lot of people when they hear about crypto for the first time they think it's a scam Um, they've heard you know these weird things you know crypto by drugs or whatever it is so they don't they you know don't see the full potential of what is there Uh, so yes I have and I'm starting to do more of that and I'm super excited Um, to have a couple new artists, new to NFT art in general, um, coming into the space. And I'll have more to tell about that soon.
1: So talk to me about your journey as a crypto artist. I'm going to tell you something someone in the space wanted me to ask you. Obviously, I won't disclose who this is, but they will probably have a good laugh about this. This person wanted me to ask you how you managed to outsell some of the platforms with one of your drops. And I've said this before in the past in the podcast. I think it's human nature that makes us focus on the more recent events. And it's easy to forget the work that took that person to where they are. And knowing you for over a year now, I know that you work really, really hard to earn it. You're always nurturing that relationship with your collectors. You're traveling to crypto conferences and establishing relationships with potential partners and new collectors. Talk to me about that side of being an artist.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That is uh, that is funny that that person said it. And and thank you. Um, It is definitely a lot to get there. Um, I'm super lucky to be able to travel to all the crypto conferences. And I I think it's so, so important. I have worked a lot of retail and customer service jobs in my life, Um, even in the restaurant industry, retail industry, up to like private wealth, like managing their money industry. So I know how important it is to connect with your clients and um, your collectors and your community. Um, And that is my like top most recommended for new artists old artists whoever you are that is the most important thing connecting with your community like i cannot stress enough how important it is and conferences allow me to do that so even if it's you know a person who has never purchased anything from me you know doesn't even have a t-shirt like but they're interested in my work they are as important as my top collectors like that any, any person who, who resonates with your work and finds a connection with it is important. Um, so that is, like I said, I guess that's my main hustle, really building those relationships. And I truly have become friends with a lot of my collectors. Um, obviously, like friendship and, and business is still separate, but I truly enjoy, um, talking with them, obviously, we connect on something if my work that I'm creating and my work that they're collecting means something to the both of us. So um, it's so important, um, even if you can't make it to all the conferences, because I know that is hard for artists, especially artists who do have, you know, still have day jobs and and can't manage both. I highly recommend connecting with people on Twitter, you know, connecting with people on Discord, where a lot of, of the community is, and reaching out, you know, if someone if someone buys off uh, a, an NFT of yours for a large amount and and it wouldn't hurt the bank for you to send them a t-shirt that matches it or something like that, like those little things go a long way. Um, so to me, that's that's really important to me and conferences allow me to do that. Um, NFT NYC was amazing, um, which is where I launched my puzzle. And to get to talk about that and meet, meet more collectors was amazing. Um, Satoshi Roundtable was kind of uh, was the most unique conference I've been to so far because it was such a um, it was curated without being curated, which is kind of interesting. They call it an unconference where they don't have um, necessarily speakers at certain times, but it's more of a networking thing with like really, really amazing people in the space. So being able to build those relationships, not only with collectors, but also with um, the community behind you know, Bitcoin, the community behind Ethereum, the community that's building all these different projects. So that as well is really important to me. Um, and people saw that a little bit with the puzzle that I launched, um, which if you're not familiar with that, basically, I made a painting um, that was the start to a huge multiverse puzzle. And I got um, CryptoKitties, CryptoVoxels, Axies, Super Rare, Neon District, Age of Rust, um, Twisted Vacancy, And I hope I'm not forgetting anyone
1: and many others. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And those, but those core people to partner with me. And, um, because, you know, I have friends at all of these different places because we just, we connect and and we, we, we've met each other in person and and they're amazing. Um, but I got all these people to work with me to do this like amazing puzzle. And those are the kind of things that can happen when you foster those relationships early um, and you just take them seriously. So, yes, very important. The, the thing I recommend to all new artists is to do that.
1: So one of the questions that I guess it's not a question, but one of the topics that kind of always comes across is crypto art exclusively about crypto projects, meaning making pieces about Bitcoin, Ethereum or any of the other crypto projects. Can it be more political? Can it be less political? this traditional art that is tokenized qualify as crypto art. What is your perspective on this and what does crypto art mean to you?
0: Yeah, um, I'll start by saying that it means there's kind of like two camps. Um, It means something different to everyone, and I totally respect that. Um, For me personally, crypto art means that the theme of the artwork has to do with crypto. Um, Artwork that is tokenized and on the blockchain, I consider NFT artwork or tokenized artwork. Um, I still think it's amazing, amazing, and it's doing such good things for the space. But crypto art to me is, you know, it it has like the ethos behind it. It it's talking about independence, financial freedom, you know, trying to right the wrongs that are currently ingrained into our system. Having having personal responsibility of holding your own assets, transparency, a more just system. Like all those things to me are what crypto art is. Um, but I know to others they consider digital art that is tokenized crypto art um so there's kind of those two different um opinions but but that's where i lie
1: okay excellent and looking at this from a new artist perspective or an artist that's moving to digital One, it's happen for an artwork to be considered a good piece. And then second, what do they need to do to establish themselves in this space?
0: Um, I'd say a good art piece, any art piece that you really, you know, spend time on and, and put your own meaning behind it is a good art piece. If it evokes an emotion from the viewer, if it's happy, sad, if it makes them angry, whatever that is... I think you've made a successful piece um, because I think that's the ultimate goal of art and artists and what they're trying to do. I think that that is sort of the, the way that you make it is by finding that image that you connect with that other people connect with as well.
1: Okay, excellent. So let's talk about the current state and the future of crypto art. I recently saw a conversation that you started on Twitter that related to the survivability of the chain where essentially you were committing to the stronger chain if one emerged or if the current ecosystem was no longer viable. So I thought that was super interesting. And in terms of the current situation, we're seeing a lot of exploration in the sense of programmability, for example, where either via external factors or via user decisions or collector decisions, you could alter the way the art is displayed. We're also seeing more advanced smart contracts in the sense that it allows you to explore with Commissions, splits, royalties, prints. So essentially it's giving the artists a lot more flexibility in terms of what they can do with their art. How do you think this is shaping the future of crypto art?
0: Um, I think in general, the crypto artists um, and NFT artists have this amazing and the platforms themselves have this amazing um, strive for innovation. The artists are innovating at such a fast pace. And the platforms are not only keeping up with them, they're also pushing those boundaries. So, for example, an artist that, you know, started originally as just doing drawings on paper. I don't Skinny is coming to my mind right now, his beautiful, beautiful drawings, and you know, he's a tattoo artist and doing all these amazing things, and then he begins to use ArtiVive to bring the AR to his pieces, and then he's also making NFTs. So that process for him, I believe, and I should ask him, but I believe that happened really fast for him. Um, So just showing how fast that happens and how fast we can pick up on those tools is amazing. But then also um, the platforms themselves are doing really innovative things. And something like Async, for example, um, is, is a platform that is making artists think about their own art in a different way and creating art to put on that platform. That is so powerful. That's game-changing. And what they're doing, um, for people that don't know yet, um, they're, they're a new platform. What they're doing is basically creating, uh, allowing artists to create a, a master artwork, but then also the layers that created that artwork people can individually own. So you can swap out if I've allowed you know I the artist makes all the presets of what's allowed but if there is a girl in my piece with the gas mask and then it swaps to um, you know this one of my new pieces coming up, uh, a monkey that is, you know, represents the Federal Reserve and you can swap between the two different characters. So it allows um, art to really be programmable and for the collectors to participate in the meaning of the piece. Um, So things like that, I think are so amazing and show how innovative our community is. So in the future of crypto art, I just believe that we're going to continue to innovate. Um, The thing I'm most, most excited about, which I know Async is working on, and I've heard a couple other um, people working on it as well is reactive art. So, art that um, changes, and since it's on the blockchain, we can code a lot of things, which is really cool. Um, but now they've, they've brought this to the table with layers that can change, um, art that changes based on different things. So, they use the example of weather a lot. You know, if it's raining, maybe the background of the piece turns a different color or something like that. Um, but for me, what's really exciting is reactive art to to markets or uh, to you know the bitcoin price or the emission schedule of bitcoin or you know things like that. That's what I'm really excited about and where I see my art moving in the future um, as well. So innovation I'd say is is the future um, and we'll continue to do it.
1: Avastars also comes to mind.
0: Yes. No Avastars I well that's I'm really excited because Avastars I'm actually I love what they're doing so much. And Jim and I talked about Avastars um, before the name was even Avatars. So we were talking about this when, you know, he was first starting and, and the artwork and, and everything behind it. Um, Avastars is amazing because the artwork itself is actually stored on chain, which besides I'd say autoglyphs, which is a little bit different. Um, but besides that, that it's the first of its kind. Um, so that is such an amazing thing that really you know a lot of people say oh it's not possible to put the the art on chain it's too expensive it's this it's that which for a lot of circumstances for like full full res you know paintings and stuff right now it is very expensive to do that but avastars have found a way to create these svgs and compile them on chain and truly store everything on chain so that's pushing the boundaries and telling projects hey, you can do this. This is not something that's just too hard to figure out or too hard to do. We've done it. So it's, it's pushing the boundaries and telling other projects that they should follow suit. Um, and I believe their code is open source or at least will be soon. Um, so there's no reason why other people can't explore that.
1: Yeah, I think there's smart contracts open source uh, where I've seen Jim go out and say, hey, guys, copy our code, which sounds very forward thinking the reality is that he knows that he's going to help the community by allowing other platforms to level up. Josie, I'm scared about asking you this question because I know that you have a ton of stuff going on. Tell me about upcoming projects that you're excited about.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll try to keep them <laughs> short and to bullet points. Um, I have a new piece launching on Async, um, which I'm excited about. And it's a little bit what I just talked about with the girl. Um, well, you'll see it when it's out, but it's It has a cool aspect. There is a gas mask in it. um, And I'm excited because one of the layers I will actually keep um, as artist, and I won't sell it. And once Bitcoin reaches an all-time high, I will turn the layer on. Um, So that'll be a fun way that I can kind of connect with my collectors and and keep updating their piece even though um, they own it and I don't anymore. Um, So I have that piece coming up. I am also going to be launching a piece on Nifty Gateway. Um, Excited about their platform and how they're bringing Um, you know, attempting to bring NFT art to mainstream. Uh, So I have something coming up with them. I do have an edition coming out on OpenSea, which editions are always important to me to keep prices, you know, reasonable and approachable to keep growing my collector base, um, which is really important. So I have some of that coming up. Um, Also with all my pieces on OpenSea of the editions, if you own a NFT of mine. Um, you will be getting a Voxels wearable that matches the NFT. So all of those will be dropping this week. So check your wallets if you have Josie NFTs. Um, and then some of the bigger things that I have coming up, which I'm super excited about, um, is number one, I am illustrating a book with Brecky um, and another person on uh, Twitter called I'm not sure if his if he puts his name, so I'm just going to say his Twitter handle, um, but Content Noir. Um, we they're Basically, Brecky asked me to illustrate this Bitcoin book, and I told him, no way, I don't have time. And he said, okay, I'll wait for you. And I was like, oh shit, okay, let me read the script. And um, I read the script, and I was so excited about it. And I just thought it was beautifully written. He did such an amazing job. It brings across so much meaning and why Bitcoin is important um, and anyone can connect to it. So I'm super, super excited about that book and illustrating it. Um, We'll release the cover first and and kind of tell everyone a bit about it um, soon. I have to talk to him about when that's happening and really a lot of it's waiting on me. Um, And then Content Noir, who is this amazing filmmaker, will actually be doing all the animations and AR for it. So it's totally um, a different style from the AR I normally do, but it truly, like, brings you on this whole story um, and is really immersive. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I also have a project with Avastars coming up. Um, I will be designing the art for their Gen 2 Avastars um, which is crazy. Like I was just talking about how Avatars is just changing the game with how they're storing art on the blockchain um, and really within these tokens. So that to me, I mean, Jim and I have been talking for a long time about this. So it's just kind of coming full circle and it just makes so much sense. Um, and I should have some surprise features from other artists on this generation. Um, so we'll start releasing about that when the time is right. Um, which is really fun. And then uh, I also am doing the um, amazing Lee Quinn from Coindesk. She has a beautiful book, Cypherpunk Women, um, coming out, and I'm doing the cover for that. Um, And then lastly, (laughs) sorry, there's so many things, um, but it's been such a fun time. Lastly, um, and definitely my most ambitious project yet, uh, is a series of work that the series is called Bitcoin Visual Timeline. Um, It's a series of nine different paintings, um, which obviously we know paintings take a really long time, but then they each will have AR and they each will be NFTs. Um, But this series means so much to me and is the work that I'm most excited about for anything that I've ever done in my career. Um, I got to connect with the most amazing historic people in, in Bitcoin. Um, to create the series. And I'll release a little bit more of, of who I got to work with once the piece is launched. But that I am truly, truly excited about. Um, and there is another artist that I'll be doing something with around that. Um, but we'll save that until we launch it publicly. Um, but that is definitely kind of my, my most exciting, but I'm also really nervous about it moment.
1: Very cool. So you have a ton going on. And going back to the question of what artists do to make it. One of the things I really like about you, uh you do it on Discord, you do it on your website. I don't know if it's on your website right now. You have a schedule of releases and when things are going to be available. So a collector as a patron, that's really cool. The other thing is I know how many pieces you're going to release. So sometimes I as a collector go in and see somebody new and then I buy a piece and then they make ninety-nine others <laughs> the same. That transparency and that kind of uh, clarity that you can provide to those collectors is key. So you do it really well. And I think it's some, something that new artists can, can take a note on because you're very organized. Although you're working on many, many things as a patron or as a collector, you can see when something's releasing, when something's available. And how many of each it's going to be uh, made in in its entirety.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I also find that really important. And I echo the same comment that you just made. Um, I think it's really important when you're creating a piece of artwork and a collector purchases it and thinks that, you know, it says one of one or it says something like that, that it really has to be that. And that doesn't mean, in my opinion, it doesn't mean taking that same piece and showing it you know, at a different angle or slightly changing one thing and then selling it as a whole brand new piece. So that's really important to me. My NFTs are very different. They're not just altering the same NFT and posting it again and selling it again. Um, And I actually am launching a new website really soon um, because my old website's a little outdated um, that, like you said, I did have my mission schedule up on my website, um, but I revamped everything. And my new website will continue to have all of my mission schedule of my releases for Genesis Collection, all new things. And then, of course, I do that regardless, always on my newsletter and my Discord. So that's where you can find um, all the new stuff.
1: Okay, cool. So let's go to the questions that came through Twitter or Discord. Some of these we've already uh, answered. So I'll skip a few, not because they're not important, just because we just already covered these. So the first one that we didn't cover and I thought it's interesting. And then before you answer it, I'll add my second question to that. So it comes from Jim. And he says, uh, who are Josie Bellini's favorite artists in NFT land? Uh, What NFTs does she collect herself? And the question that I want to add to this one is, because I thought it was interesting, as an artist, what do you look out for when you're collecting art? Because obviously you're familiar with the digital tools. I find it myself, and and I'm limited because I'm doing all the uh, illustrations, but I can totally tell what people are using. And then I can totally (laughs) tell when somebody's cutting corners. So as an artist, what kind of speaks to you? What is, uh, is it something that just you find visually appealing or is it something that brings a different perspective or do you value more stuff that you say, okay, wow, I'm not able to do this and you collect that because of that reason?
0: Um, I'd say a little bit of all of those. I'd say some of the art that I've collected, interestingly enough, it's not Um, crypto art, it's NFT art, which means that it doesn't have like the crypto theme, in my opinion, behind it. Um, And I'd say a majority of NFT art is that it's NFT art, it's not crypto art. Um, But I find it beautiful. And I find it amazing. So um, I collect art that resonates with me the meaning behind it. Like I really like Miss Al Simpson's pieces. Like, I love this like digital collage she has going on and like money corrupts and like, almost like this money, like burning through the women's faces and like all this weird stuff. Like I, I like that. Um, I collect Ikaitza. I really like the way that the like 3d, um, the 3d figures with the different textures overlaid. And like, honestly with Ikaitza's work, like the, the colors speak to me, which I know sounds so weird, but like the vibrancy, um, just makes me feel like I'm it makes me feel like I'm in a a room that is like fully that color with some crazy like dim lighting, but then like this 3D model in front of me is like reflecting like all these different like light spheres. Like I don't know, it's just something about that I just find beautiful. Um, and there there are a few others. I really just collect what I think will look cool, and I always am thinking about crypto voxels. So I'm thinking, hmm, what will look good in my next build? Um, so that's a little bit of what I collect. Uh, And as far as um, what what is like my favorite artists in NFT land, um, I find beauty in like so many different artists stuff. uh, And I think they all have a different story and a different style. Like I love Twisted Vacancy style um, and a lot of others, but I also will say that a lot of my favorites are not just the artists there are actually games and platforms that I think have beautiful art. Um, for example, Neon District, I'm super inspired by their work. I think they have the coolest like, um, you know, c- cyberpunk like neon worlds with like these crazy like back alley scenes and and their, their artist Diego is super talented. So I'm not only just like inspired and fond of NFT artists. I also love the NFT games. And obviously CryptoKitties has been doing some crazy stuff for a while. Um, So their art is always pretty cool with their new fancy cats and stuff like that.
1: Okay, really cool. And at least from my perspective, I find some of the projects that come out, they're really, really cool that I've never thought about doing myself. I know that I mentioned in the past with Twisted Vacancy, for example, the color scheme and this look and feel, and it's just really appealing to me. Joy, for example, it's another artist that I would never imagine to make something like this. And I find it super, super interesting. And I also think that he's a great artist and, and it seems like he's a great person. I've never met him. But um, I don't know. It's just fun to discover all these new talents that are coming across and and to see what they can do.
0: Totally agree. And and to your point with, with Joy, it's funny, like... His name and his like ambiance its like this bright yellow, joyful, like playful, like all these crazy cool things. And then you look at his pieces and it almost like, and I hope he doesn't take offense to this. I say this with like the most respect, but you look at his pieces and they're so well done and so beautifully crafted. But they also give you this feeling of like some of them, not all of them, give you this feeling of like yuck but like in such a good way, it's like a happy yuck. It's like, you know, the ooze dripping or something kind of creepy, but then you're still smiling and like wanna enjoy it in a cool way. So I think it's such a cool play on like what the colors tell you to feel versus what the actual content tells you to feel. So I like that intersection that he's able to um, manage with his work.
1: Awesome, so the next question is from Future punk he says my first introduction to Josie's work was the yours truly puzzle it was the most fun I've had in crypto art does she have plans for any future multiverse events
0: yes a hundred percent the this event it was my first puzzle that I've ever done um, and I've known Marguerite who goes by coin artist for a long time um, and she is Marguerite and um, crypto graffiti coin Artist and crypto graffiti are my biggest inspirations like they are truly the people I looked up to when I first got into crypto art and I still look up to them with everything that they're doing. Um, their work is just so important to me but but Marguerite you know she was kind of this creator her and Rob Myers was were these this creator duo of crypto puzzles and hiding Bitcoin within art. Um, so that to me, I've always been inspired by her work and to be able to pull her in on this puzzle and her team in on this puzzle. Um, it, it was, it went beyond my expectations, um, both for myself, for all the people that, all the companies that partnered in it. Um, thank you, a special thank you to all the people who donated NFTs to the prize pool, which was amazing. Um, everything exceeded my expectations. Um, I got to know, this really amazing puzzle community that came to my discord to try to like figure things out. And it, it just went incredibly well. Um, I will hundred percent be doing it as an annual event. So there will be one um, next year and hopefully bigger and better. And, and we find ways to still allow people who are like total newbies to puzzles to be winning something. Um, I did that a little bit with this one with kind of like a proof to pl- proof of play wearable, Um, where I gave a cool wearable that matched the painting that went along with it to anyone who at least even like was in the Discord and attempted to even look at the look at the build. Um, So, yes, it will definitely be happening every year.
1: Okay, excellent. The next question comes from MetaKoven, and it's a topic that resurfaces every once in a while. So due to the success of crypto art, there's an influx of artists coming into the scene, which uh, understandably creates an oversupply. So what does an artist do in order to stand out and maintain that desirability of their pieces that translate into those pieces holding value? And the second part of this question is, what have you done in order for your pieces to remain desirable, meaning they hold value or appreciate over time?
0: Sure. Um, So I think there's a couple parts of that question. I think from a collector standpoint, um, you have to be really careful and do your own research when you're collecting in the space. Um, you should totally be collecting new artists and supporting them. That's not what I mean. But you should, at the same time, while you're collecting those new artists or even you know artists that have been for, around for a while, do your research on them. Find out why, why they're in this space and why this is important to them. You want the artists that you're buying from to, to stick around. You don't want them to just leave the space when there's a downturn in the market, um, because that's not good for your piece. It's not good as the investment. It's just it's just important to be doing your research on the people. I make art because there's a movement happening and the the ethos of crypto is bigger than me. Um, And it's sort of my way of of visualizing what we're going through and making these timestamps with my art. Um, so I'll I'll be around as, as long as crypto is around, which I I plan on that being forever. Um, so I'll be here forever. Um, the things that I've done to um, keep my art valuable, uh, like we chatted a little bit about earlier, being very clear on how many editions are in each piece. Um, allowing and and fostering relationships with my collectors and having new collectors come into this space to build the community. So it's not um, as thankful as I am for the amazing whales and like awesome people who are just buying a ton of crypto art. I also want a lot of people to own my crypto art and I don't want it to be, you know, a small group of people who who own it? I want it to be a lot of people who connect with it. Um, so those are different things that I've done. Just growing my community, being very clear and open with and transparent with um, my different pieces, and I encourage new artists that are coming into the space to do the same.
1: Okay, very cool, excellent. I'll combine these questions because they relate. They talk about the same in essence. So the first one comes from Evil Boxels. The second one comes from Afro. So the first one is how do you see crypto art bridging the gap uh, with the traditional art gallery and art collector? And the second question is, what are the typical questions you get from non-crypto NFT artists about becoming a crypto or NFT artist? What are the reservations and what is their now I get it moment?
0: Okay. So I guess for galleries to, to crypto art and NFT art um, it's a little bit different because in a lot of ways, NFT art, um, you know, is a competitor to what the galleries are doing. Normally, in the space right now, you know, the internet like disrupted many, many sectors. It it in just it disrupted hotel industries, taxi industries with Uber and Airbnb and and all of that. But really, the galleries, um, art artists, the art sector wasn't as interrupted. Galleries still were the middleman. Instagram helped a bit with that with um, artists being able to be their own media person, but at the end of the day, the art was still sold through the galleries. Uh, with NFT art, it's totally different. You don't need a gallery. You you are the media person. You are the gallery person. You are everything from start to finish. So a collector is buying directly from you, not normally from an intermediary. So that, um, I don't know if there will be a bridge that's necessarily built between those. I think galleries will use NFTs for for certificate of authenticities and things like that, like we're already seeing. Um, I think galleries will get more into digital art and VR art totally. Um, But I, in my opinion, hope that NFT art becomes kind of its own new sector and we don't need to bridge the gap with galleries. I hope that we can do it ourselves and for me that kind of comes back to the crypto ethos and and how i think that we should be um personally responsible for our own assets our own business our own everything um so that's kind of where i stand on that as far as artists having the now i get it moment about nft art um it's different for every artist i think it's easier to explain it for like gaming, because um, when you tell someone like, oh, imagine if you own your Minecraft avatar and land that you build on and you can sell it, like they get that. For art, it's more of um, explaining and describing how we have come into a um, a new like digital era and how important almost like our digital persona is um, because a lot of times NFT art, it's, it's almost like a status thing. You know, um, and and that that is kind of where people start to get it a little bit. Um, and then also the aspect of not having enough room to store every single art that you want to have on your wall um, Instead, you can have it in your digital wallet, which also makes it easier to sell and transact and, and invest in things like that. Um, because you just send wallet to wallet versus having to ship physical pieces. So it's different for every artist. Um, and I think there's still a learning curve that, um, artists have to understand. And I'll be happy to share that more once I'm starting to pull in some traditional artists into the NFT space and what the journey is and what their questions were. And, and I can share more once they tell me like, okay, now I get it. That was my aha moment.
1: Okay. Excellent. So the next one is from Leam Sparks. I think it came from Twitter. What do you say to people who don't get it in terms of crypto art ownership and why is it important?
0: A little bit about what I just mentioned, um, just about being in a digital day and age and how NFTs allow you to not have to store the actual physical pieces and, and, you know, potential damage, potential all of those sorts of things, having to move from place to place, having the digital image, which a lot of people um, are are a, a group specifically that I know is starting to create um, like a better digital frame that connects directly to your MetaMask. So you can actually display your digital art in one frame, kind of like on a slideshow on your wall, um, stuff like that. That's that's sort of um, where I see NFT art going. And for people that don't get why it's important, um, then maybe they don't understand why a COA is so so important instead of storing it. You know, in a way that it can get damaged, storing it digitally on the blockchain where it's there forever, where there's provenance, where where it's tracking the price history, where it's tracking all these sorts of different things and the metadata. That's important. Um, if they don't see that, I'm not exactly sure what to say to them.
1: <laughs> okay, I agree. So then the last question comes from one of the collectors, uh, Blockchain Brett. So the, it says, how do you think the next wave of crypto artists will evolve? What kind of trends will current physical art creators bring to the Pure one of one or editions digital crypto art space.
0: It's going to be interesting because physical artists are going to have to push their comfort zone um, to get into the art NFT art space um, to to be able to compete with purely digital artists. In my opinion, um, I do both. I I love both, and and creating that physical piece of art is something that is a totally different experience than creating a digital piece of art. Um, I truly feel like deeply connected with all of my work. But once you have something that's physical and you're physically sending it to someone and they're hanging that on their wall and they're looking at that every day, that's really important. But at the same time, in order to have that sell successfully as an NFT, um, it needs to have a different feel and look to it. It has to, a lot of NFT art that's really successful has that movement It has the the animation to it. It has something that adds to the story and continues to tell the story beyond the static image. So I think that a lot of physical art creators are going to need to get more into the tech side and learn that, which I actually think is really cool. Um, And I think with digital artists that are that are natively digital, I think they also should be exploring the opposite. They should figure out how to, you know, bring their digital to the physical world, even if that's just like on a T-shirt or something cool like that, instead of just prints. I think having both of those go um, with each other and in general, just like innovation. Like I said, our space is moving really fast. So just keeping up with all the new platforms and and all the new things that you can do.
1: Okay, very cool. So lastly, how can people get in touch in general? Is it via Twitter the best way? I know that you drive your own Discord in an excellent manner. Is it your
0: website? What can you tell us about this? Um, Twitter is definitely where I post or where I'm the most active. Um, Twitter DMs are answered faster than emails that are sent through my website. So I highly recommend that. Um, But my website or my Twitter handle is at Josie Bellini. My website is Josie.io. And then on both of those, I have my Discord channel linked if you wanna join in there. Um, but what I will say is that my brand new pieces, um, normally I send out in my newsletter and post in my Discord at the exact same time. And they are a first come first serve basis, one per person, a reservation style. So if you wanna get your name early on a reservation list, um, cause they go really fast, join the newsletter and join the Discord and watch out for when I tag everyone. Um, That normally means new pieces dropped.
1: Josie, it's been a great pleasure. I was really excited about this episode. You've always been somebody that I've always looked up to, not only because of how professional you are, how you conduct yourself, how organized you are, and that you're always working on something new. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and I'm really looking forward to what you do next.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Havo. This was awesome to chat a little bit about this. And if anyone has more questions, feel free to Twitter DM me or or talk in my Discord. And um, thank you. I'm excited to continue to connect. Thank you for listening to this episode of Curating Crypto. If you liked this episode, please help us by sharing, rating, and subscribing. You can also stay in touch by following us on Twitter at Curating Crypto, where we will be sharing additional information and links related to the topics we've covered in these sessions.